Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. The first five books of the Bible form a unit. You probably have heard of this group of books written by Moses referred to as the Pentateuch. The last of these five, Deuteronomy, is a conclusion not only to the writings of Moses, but the law given first to Moses on Mount Sinai back in Exodus and then developed and enlarged with the judgment, statutes, and ordinances that were added in in the later books of the Pentateuch, namely Exodus, Numbers, and Leviticus. Today we begin our life study of this book with an odd-sounding name, Deuteronomy. And joining us as we launch out on our latest life study is Bob Danker. Bob, nice to have you with us. It's good to be with you again, Chris, especially as we start uh, a new life study on the book of Deuteronomy. This book is marvelous, and I believe the Lord will show us many wonderful things as we fellowship through this book. It is marvelous, Bob, and I think it'd be good to start with uh, even a quick look at the name of the book, Deuteronomy. It's uh, an odd-sounding name, I don't think many people really have much understanding of what Deuteronomy refers to. Uh, They know it's maybe the fifth book in the Bible. They might have learned that in Sunday school class and has something to do with the law. We've seen a lot about the law in some of our previous Old Testament life studies. But, Bob, what about this word Deuteronomy? Well, the word itself, Chris, actually means second law. So at the beginning of this book, uh, Moses and the children of Israel are standing on the border of the good land. They're no longer at Mount Sinai, but they're at the border of the good land preparing to go in and possess the land. So here Moses gives the people a Deuteronomy, a second law, Mm. which is not another law, but is a re-speaking of the law that had been spoken previously nearly 40 years before at Sinai in the wilderness. Now, when the opening of the book of Deuteronomy, we have a new generation of the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. The first generation that came out of Egypt with Moses, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, had all died out. And now we had a new generation. They had either not been present at the first speaking of the law, or they were too young to uh, receive that speaking. So here They all were at the border of the good land. Before they entered into the land, God burdened Moses to re-speak the words of the law to these people, to prepare them for what they needed to do in entering into the land and taking possession of it. Bob, uh, I think what we're going to see, or Lord willing, hopefully what we'll see today, and particularly in this first section, is that the law was re-spoken by Moses here 
that is the Deuteronomy. But actually, we're going to see something marvelous. The entire Bible is a Deuteronomy, and we, as God's people, need a continual Deuteronomy, or re-speaking of God's Word even every day, don't we? Absolutely right, Chris. Why don't we join Witness Lee with this first segment? Deuteronomy is a book nearly all together in plain words. It seems uh, there's no type, no shadow, no figure. Actually, it's not so easy to understand the plain words. I read Deuteronomy many times. After reading, I don't know what to talk about. Could you tell me what Deuteronomy tells us about? Even you don't know, what is Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy. What is this? Well, Deuteronomy means a repeated speaking, but not the speaking of ordinary word, not the speaking of gossips, but the speaking of the divine love. Do you know that entire Bible is a Deuteronomy? This may surprise you. I'm pretty sure your whole life you never heard this. The Bible is a Deuteronomy. The Bible was written 2,000 years ago. It was complete. Then we read it. Isn't that re-speaking? Every time we come to the Bible, that is Deuteronomy. Now, Moses was facing a new generation. In front of Moses, all young generations, they didn't hear the Ten Commandments. They didn't hear all the statutes, all the ordinances. So God burdened Moses to rehearse the law, to speak the law once more. We all have to consider that the entire Bible, including Deuteronomy, all the six, six books to us, is a big, thick Deuteronomy. Now, we have 66 goals, right? Joseph Smith, he, he claimed that he heard something further. That's nonsensical. That's big heresy. Why? Because at the end of the 66 books, it declares that entire revelation of God has been completed. No one should add in anything. Neither should anyone subtract anything. It's completed. So don't think beside the 66 books, you could get something new. No. Absolutely no. What you can get today is a Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, every morning, Deuteronomy, every morning. It was spoken already. Okay? You got it. Oh, this is marvelous, Bob. I recall a segment uh, spoken by Watchman Nee related to the Bible, and he said something like this. This is a rough paraphrase, so forgive me. But uh, today, God is not inventing more truth. He's just allowing man to discover the truth that's already contained in the Bible. Uh, And this discovery comes in the form of a fresh Deuteronomy every day, doesn't it? That's right, Chris. This is a truly marvelous matter. Uh, It's important for us to realize that Moses was not adding something to the law that had already been given. He was simply re-speaking it. That's what made this a Deuteronomy. And now we consider the whole Bible of 66 books. 
the entire Bible is the speaking of God, just as the law was God's speaking. At the end of Revelation, it says that we should not add anything to it or take away anything from it. This means that the Bible is complete. Hmm. So when we read the Bible, what do we have? We have a re-speaking of what has been spoken already. God spoke the 66 books through the Old Testament prophets, through his Son in the four Gospels, and through all the apostles in the New Testament. Now we have this completed Bible. What we need as God's people is exactly what the children of Israel needed there in the beginning of Deuteronomy. They needed a re-speaking, and we need a re-speaking, a daily re-speaking of God's Word. So every time, every day, every morning when we come to the Word, what we want is for God to breathe out or to speak out His words again to us. We want a living encounter with the living God who speaks to us his word and even re-speaks his word to us. This is our daily need. Bob, uh, as we come to this book, we want to see something uh, related to, you used a word here, God breathed. Actually, that's a good lead into this next segment because Witness Lee is going to uh, pick up the matter of the law as it was given or spoken by Moses, which really was God's word being spoken from the mouth of God. And if we look in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for conviction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, even the law. And I bring this out, Bob, because many believers uh, may be fond of a, a kind of a Bible where, oh, the words spoken directly by the Lord Jesus in the Gospels, for example, are indicated in a, another color, the so-called red letter edition. But actually, as we touch even the law spoken by Moses here in Deuteronomy, we really need to see, don't we, that all Scripture is God's breath. Absolutely. All Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, is the very breath of God. Let's go back to Witness Lee. You have to realize, without Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, these four books don't have a conclusion. Not only so, listen, Deuteronomy is the concluding word of the law. <laughs> Not only a conclusion of the foregoing books, but a concluding word of the law. The law is God breathing. When God was given his law, he was breathing there. This is why Paul told us all scripture is God breathed. The Greek word there clearly denotes breathing. What is the law? The law is God's breathing. You know the Lord's word in Matthew 4? He quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, right? Man lives not by bread, not by physical food only, but by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God was breathing there. Even though the Ten Commandments are really legal, but today, whenever you come to read them, with an open heart, a seeking spirit, we read it, you don't have the feeling that they are legality. You have the feeling that something living, something living, very full of life, 
supplying you, full of light, enlightening you, right? This is why all the psalmists, they are praised the Lord to the uttermost. You know, in Psalm 119, he says, Every day I wait on your word. Your word is so sweet to my taste, right? Whatever comes out of your mouth is sweet to my taste. This is not something legal. Whenever we come to the Bible, in every page, whatever it says, it nourishes, it lightens. Try this with newspaper. Every word kills, right? But when I come to the Bible, you turn to any page, even a line that talks about Satan. It's so enlightening, so nourishing, and so shining. Bob, there's a lot here. He mentioned the Lord Jesus quoting in Matthew 4, a passage from Deuteronomy here. I want to read this passage and then ask you to pick up the point uh, right there, if I could. I'm going to read both verses 2 and 3 from chapter 8. Verse 2 says, You shall remember all the way that Jehovah your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you go hungry and fed you the manna, which you had never known nor your fathers had ever known, so that he might make you know that man lives not by bread alone, but that man lives by everything that proceeds out from the mouth of Jehovah. Uh, I'll just hand it to you at this point, Bob. Well, this is a very crucial verse, as you pointed out, Chris. Uh, This verse shows us that when God gave the law to his people, His intention was not only to give them a set of regulations to control the way they lived, but his intention was to breathe out his living word to them so that they could live by that word. That word would be life to them and would be nourishment and sustenance to them as they were journeying through the wilderness and then would enter into the good land to carry out what God planned for them. Uh God's intention was not to have his people attempt to keep the law through their own strength. In giving them the word, he did give them regulations, but those regulations were actually his breath that would give life to them and would supply them. This is a crucial point here, that God's intention in giving the law was not only to regulate his people, but to supply them with God's very essence, God's very breath, to be their life and their life supply. As Witness Lee pointed out, the psalmists did enjoy the law in this way, in the way of life. Mm. If we take the law in the way of legality, then the result is that we suffer spiritual death. That's right. But if we take the law in the way of spirit, or breath, and life, then we live by those words. Those words become life and life supply to us. And this is what God wanted his people to do, even in the Old Testament. I think uh, this point's going to get developed even a bit more as we go further. I will just remind our listeners what we've just seen now, is that everything proceeding out of God's mouth is his breath. And the Lord Jesus, by quoting this passage in Matthew 4, likens that word coming out of God's mouth to the manna, which was the food that sustained the people. And now in this third section, we're going to see an even further extension. We're helped in this, Bob, by coming back to Paul in the New Testament. 
in the book of Romans chapter 10, we see that Paul gives us a principle for interpreting not just this passage in the Old Testament, but actually interpreting the whole Bible. Let me read Paul's writing in Romans chapter 10, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8, which was his quotation of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Romans chapter 10, beginning at verse 5, For Moses writes concerning the righteousness which is out of the law, the man who does them shall live by them. But the righteousness which is out of faith speaks in this way, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we proclaim. Now, we'll go back and see exactly this word that Paul was so supposedly quoting from Moses in Deuteronomy 30. I think this will help bring uh, the point we're trying to make into clearer focus today, Bob. Probably most of the Christian readers do not realize that everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's Christ. Amen. Paul, in Romans 10, he quotes, Deuteronomy chapter 30. For this commandment, which I am commanding you today, it is not too difficult for you, nor it is distant. But the word is very near to you, even your mouth and your heart. This was Moses' Deuteronomy, right? Then Paul called this word. He interpreted this Christ is the word. In verse 6, Romans 10, it talks about Christ. In verse 7, it talks about Christ. Right away, in verse 8, Christ becomes the Word. So, I tell you, entire Deuteronomy is Christ. Amen. Because Deuteronomy is the rehearsal of the Word. And the Word is just Christ. Now, you have to realize every word in Deuteronomy is a life supply to you. Man lives not by food, but by every word, or everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What sustained a people to the extent that they could enter in the Golan? What sustained? Every word. Everything. And what is everything? Christ. Amen. I tell you, Amen. Christ on the one hand is good land. Christ on the other hand is the sustaining food. Amen. Everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. What is that? That's Christ. So Christ will sustain you to enter into himself. Amen. This is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy does not only speaks about Christ as the good land, but it also speaks about Christ as the sustaining food. Bob, there's a a lot here. Uh, I just want to alert our listeners. We're going to come back to this because we think it is so crucial and it deserves the time. It may not be that easy to get at first pass, but we're going to do our best to fellowship this point a bit more. And then all of this will start to come into view. And once it does, it makes this book of Deuteronomy a real joy and a delight and a real source of nourishment to us. Okay, I want to focus on one statement we just heard him make. He said, everything that proceeds out of God's mouth is Christ. And then everything, I think, flows from that. Well, this point, Bob, is really proved 
by Paul's word in Romans 10, isn't it? Actually, Moses doesn't say who will ascend into heaven and bring Christ down. Moses said who will ascend and bring the law down. But Paul interprets the law there as being Christ. And of course, the main point is that this is what was proceeding out of God's mouth, isn't it? This is a really true, Chris. When Moses spoke, he was referring to the word of the law. He said, you don't have to go up to heaven and bring that word down. But when Paul quoted Moses' word, he changed the word or the law to Christ. Right. He said, no one needs to go to heaven to bring Christ down. And no one needs to go into the abyss to bring him up from the dead. All these things have already taken place. Wow. So here, Christ and the word are identified together as being one. Christ is the word. When the apostles announced the gospel, what they proclaimed was Christ as the word so that people could receive Christ through their speaking. Now, if we go back to Deuteronomy, we can understand that when Moses was speaking the law, which is the word that comes out of God's mouth, he was, he was proclaiming Christ. He was speaking Christ. He was speaking Christ, who is actually the living law, the law of life, to supply God's people and to regulate God's people. Of course, the Israelites in that day did not understand this point. And many believers today don't understand this point, but we can understand it today because of Paul's application of Deuteronomy chapter 30 in Romans chapter 10. So this is a marvelous thing to realize that whatever comes out of God's mouth, which is God's breath, is Christ. And not only Christ, but the incarnated, crucified, and resurrected Christ who today is the life-giving Spirit. This Christ, the resurrected one, the life-giving Spirit, is the living Word of God that we can breathe in and receive as our life and our life supply. Bob, I think for the sake of our listeners who may be uh, uh, not driving their cars just now as they're listening, but maybe hopefully are sitting down and perhaps able to take notes, I want to give them a few references here that we've touched on to go over and a strong recommendation this would be a life study message worth its weight in gold, literally. I think for anyone who can contact us and get this life study message, actually the first couple of messages that will really develop this point. But if we take these two passages from Deuteronomy, first chapter 8, especially verses 2 and 3, which the Lord Jesus quoted, and that is in Matthew chapter 4, then Paul's word in Romans 10, verses 5 through 10 would be uh, probably accurate, and compare that with Deuteronomy again, chapter 30, verses 11 through 14. So those are the passages we would uh, suggest that you compare. And this revelation of seeing Christ as the embodiment of everything proceeding out of God's mouth should really dawn on all of us if we really come to these passages with an open spirit and a prayerful spirit, I would say. Wouldn't you agree, Bob? I agree, Chris. And this shows us a marvelous point here that when we read the Word, God's intention is that we would receive Christ hmm. as the Word to be our life and our life supply, to sustain us, that we could enter into Him as the good land, possess Him, and enjoy His unsearchable riches. Bob, we have uh, a lot ahead of us, don't we, as we get into this book of Deuteronomy. 
Oh, it will be a marvelous journey, Chris. It really will. And we've just had a, a foretaste and a kind of an opening up. Uh, don't be discouraged if some of these things uh, got by you today. We'll come back and spend a good amount of time. But we would encourage you again to contact us about getting these life study messages. Our toll-free number, 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, if that's an easier way for you to remember it. Or our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.